Good evening. Guess it's appropriate to say Merry Christmas now, isn't it? It is Christmas time, isn't it beautiful? It was so beautiful to hear that. Just all the singing tonight. It's great. There was a young soldier and his commanding officer who were getting on a train together and they got on the train and the only available seats were across from two women, a young lady and her grandmother. And as they sat down, they started talking and it, you could see the young soldier looking at the young lady and there was an obvious mutual attraction. Well, the train went into a tunnel and darkness came over the car and you could hear two things, the smack of a kiss and the slap across the face. And the grandmother thought, I can't believe he kissed my granddaughter, but I'm sure glad that she slapped him for it. The commanding officer thought, I don't blame the boy for kissing the girl, but I wish she wouldn't have missed him and hit me. (laughs) The young girl thought, I'm glad he kissed me, but why did my grandmother slap him? And as the train broke in the sunlight, the young officer or the young soldier couldn't help but smile because he had kissed the girl, slapped his commanding officer, and got away with both. <laughs> you can get away with a lot in the dark. The dark is mysterious and it's interesting and it's attractive. But the light, light uncovers danger. Light exposes corruption. Light reveals truth. Light unveils beauty. Light is beauty. Light brings warmth and light is necessary for life. In the book of John in the Bible, the baby Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas morning is called the light. Listen to John 1.9. We're going to look at John 1.9 through 14, but 1.9 says this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is what happened at Christmas. Jesus came into the world as a baby and he was no ordinary baby. The verse says he was the light that gives light to everyone. But what does it mean that he is the true light that gives light to everyone? Let's keep reading. John 1.10, he was in the world And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. This doesn't answer our question yet, but it makes another powerful truth claim. The baby Jesus was born on that first Christmas, was in the world, but he was also the one through whom the world was made. So somehow the baby Jesus was one, the true light that gives light to everyone, and two, he was also the creator of the world. Let's keep reading to see if we can see how this all makes sense. 11 through 13 says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. So this true light that gives light to everyone, this baby Jesus through whom the world was created was in the world, but the people who were his own did not receive him. In the Old Testament, God uh, formed a nation called the Israelites and he 
called them his chosen people because he wanted to bless them, not to be exclusive about blessing them, but to bless the whole world. That was the way he wanted to bless the whole world, was to bless this people and therefore bless the whole world. But these people, they chose to turn away from God again and again and again, and therefore rejecting his blessing. So when Jesus, the true light, the creator of the world came, this verse says that his chosen people didn't receive him. And yet, there were people who did receive him. And those who did receive him, he gave, he gave the right to become children of God. If you keep reading in the book of John and in the rest of the New Testament, you learn the way that Jesus gave people the right to become the children of God is by dying a humiliating, terrible, painful death on our behalf. You see, we have no right to be God's children based on who we are or anything that we do. None of us has the right to become children of God because we live in a broken and hurting world and every one of us contributes to that, to that brokenness, to that hurt in one way or another because we make choices that hurt ourselves and hurt the people around us. Sometimes we make those choices intentionally, sometimes we don't even intend to do it. Years ago, the National Geographic did a, a TV special. I don't know if any of you know what TV is anymore because we, we watch everything on internet or whatever, but TV uh, used to have channels that had things and, and National Geographic um, did a special and it was on how eagles catch fish in lakes. They fly high above the water and they can see the fish from way up there. They have great sight, they can see the fish and when they find one, they tuck in their wings and they just dive like a rocket right at that fish and then right before the water they spread their wings and, and reach out with their talons and they grab the fish and go to shore. Well, on this special, they showed, uh, um, they captured an unusual occurrence. The, an eagle made a dive for a fish and grabbed it in its talons, but the fish was larger than it could handle. And you could see the strain in the eagle as it was trying to make it to shore. Had this giant fish and he knew he wasn't gonna make it, so he let go. But he couldn't let go because his talons had dug in so hard. You could see him struggling and struggling and eventually he just sank down into the water and drowned. Many t times in life, we grab onto something we think will be good for us. Fish are good for eagles. But sometimes, if they grab the wrong one, it can be harmful. And we think there are good things for us, and we grab onto it, and sometimes it's harmful. Sometimes we make choices that are harmful. And every person who has walked the planet except Jesus has done this. We've made choices, intentionally or not intentionally, that have harmed ourselves or harmed other people. So we humans, we have no right to be children of God because he's pure and holy and completely good. And he can't be in a relationship, in an unhindered, unscarred relationship with anything that is not good or completely holy like he is. And so we humans, we are not, we, are, we have no right to be in relationship with God, to be his children but he loves us and he wants us to be in a loving relationship with him. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus, the 
God the Son, who is God, he came and he lived a perfect life, the perfect life that none of us could live. He lived it on our behalf, and then he took all the guilt and the sin and the shame of all those poor choices that we've made, all that that's, that's piled up against us, and he died the death that we all deserve with that upon himself. He took it to the grave with his death, and then he conquered it. He rose from the dead, victorious over death, and that's how he gave us the right to become children of God. So anyone who chooses to accept this gift, to ask him to forgive all that guilt and that shame that we've made bad choices and has piled up on us, we ask him to forgive us, and he does. He wipes the slate clean. We give our lives to him to lead instead of trying to do it ourselves, and we become his children because of what Jesus did. So check out the verse that comes next. Verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who, come from, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is where we learn how Jesus was the creator of the world. This verse says that Jesus is God's Son. He came from the Father, which means that he was with God before he came as a baby on Christmas. And check out verse one of John one, how the book begins right at the beginning. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. These words in the beginning, they remind us, those of us who have read the Bible before, these very same words in the beginning were used at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to show how he created and how did he do it? By speaking. By speaking the creative word. Let there be light. And there was light. And everything that exists, he spoke into existence with his created word. The word is Jesus. John 1.10 that we looked at a bit ago says, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The world was made through the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So the world was made through him because he was the word, the creative word that spoke everything into existence. And verse 14 says that this word that created everything became flesh, became human, became one of us as the baby Jesus. And this baby became the man who showed us what God is like. He was full of grace and truth. He lived and spoke the truth, and he offered God's grace through his death on the cross. And in all this, his life, death, and resurrection, he displayed God's glory. So we've discerned why Jesus was called the Word and how he was God, with God in the beginning and how the world was created through him, but what does it mean that he was the light? Listen to what Jesus said later. In John eight twelve. he said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Remember the first creative word in Genesis 1? Let there be light. Light is necessary for light, or for life. Light shines in the darkness. Light reveals truth. Light unveils beauty. 
Jesus came to do all these things. He offers new life to anybody who puts their faith and hope in him because of the life that he offers us. A life made right with God as his children without any sin or guilt or shame because he took care of all that. He shines beauty into the darkness of a broken and hurting world. His beauty brings inner healing from destructive thinking and bad choices. He reveals truth in a world that is confused, that that truth is unfamiliar and unrecognized. He is truth. Jesus is the light. On Christmas, we celebrate Jesus because he is the light that is shining beauty into the darkness, a beauty that is available to anybody willing to receive it. There was a widowed old man, and he had an only son. And they were, he was an experienced art collector and his, he watched as his son was becoming an experienced art collector with him. He was very happy to see this. He was, pri- he was beaming with pride as, uh, as he was getting known with art collectors around the world. And as winter approached, war engulfed their nation and Mark left to serve his country. And after only a few short weeks, his father received a telegram His beloved son had died saving the life of a fellow soldier. Distraught and lonely, the man faced the upcoming Christmas and and he was sad and and he's full of anguish. The joy of the season, a season that his son and him always look forward to wasn't gonna be the same without his son. And on Christmas morning, a knock came on the door that woke him up and, and as he walked to the door, the masterpieces of art that filled the room that him and his son had collected were of no comfort to him. And the door, when he opened the door, there was a soldier there with a package. And the soldier said, I was a friend of Mark. I was the one he rescued. Can, can I come in? I have something for you. Well, they were soon in deep conversation and, and the, the man learned from the soldier that Mark had rescued dozens of soldiers, dozens of wounded soldiers before a bullet had struck his caring heart. And the unfolding image of his son's gallantry awakened a fatherly pride that eased his grief. The soldier then recounted how often Mark had spoken of his father's love for fine art. Placing the package on the old man's lap, the soldier told him, I'm an artist and I, and I want you to have this. The old man unwrapped the package. And he pulled the paper away to reveal a portrait of his son The canvas featured the young man's face with with amazing detail. Not not that any art collector would want, but but to this man, it was beautiful. Overcome with emotion, he he thanked the soldier and the soldier left. And and so he took that painting and he shoved aside these these very expensive paintings and put this painting on on the mantle. And then he sat down in his chair and he, he spent Christmas staring at this gift that he'd been given. And in the weeks that followed, the man grew peaceful, realizing that, that Mark lived on in the people that he had touched. The soldier's gift, it soon became his most prized painting. Its worth to him far eclipsed all the other paintings worth thousands and thousands of dollars that surrounded it. 
And he told his neighbors that it was the greatest gift that he had ever received. Well, the following spring, he, he became ill and he passed away and the art world stirred in anticipation that his collection was gonna go up for auction. He had stipulated that his collection be sold, auctioned off on Christmas Day because that's when he had received his greatest gift. On that appointed day, collect, art collectors from around the world gathered for this, they, they wanted to bid on this, on all these paintings, they, they coveted his art collection and wanted to own some of it as much as they could. And so the auction began with the painting that wasn't on any of the museum's list, the soldier's painting of the old man's son. May I have an opening bid? The auctioneer requested and the room was silent. Who will open the bidding at $100? Nothing. Who cares about that painting? Shouted a bidder from the back. It's just a picture of his son, commented somebody else. And more voices echoed agreement. Let's forget this and get on to the good stuff. And the auctioneer replied, no. We have to sell this one first. Now who will take the son? Finally, a friend of the old man spoke. I'd like to have the painting. I knew the boy. Will you take $10? That's all I have. I have $10, the auctioneer called. Will anyone go higher? Going once, raising his gavel, looking around, going twice. Sold, the gavel came down and cheers filled the room and now we can get on to the real bidding, people said. Well, over the microphone, the auctioneer said, thank you for coming. The auction is now over. And silence. What do you mean it's all over? We didn't come for a picture of some old guy's son. What about all these other paintings? There's millions of dollars here. I demand an explanation. The auctioneer replied, it's very simple. According to the will of the father, whoever takes the son takes it all. And it's the same with God the Father. Whoever takes the son, Jesus takes it all. He's the light of the world, the word become human, the gift of life, and he offers his life to you. Do you know him? Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift of Jesus, for the gift of your son, your beloved son. Thank you that he came for us because of all the bad choices we make. And he made every right choice and he took all of that bad, those bad choices, all the results of those on himself and paid the price. Thank you that we can celebrate him at Christmas. I pray that if anybody does not know him, that they would reach out and ask somebody who does and that they would come to know him and celebrate Christmas in a way that they never have before because they know the sun, they know the light, they know the word, they know the creator, and they are children of yours. Amen.